Hello, I'm Andrew Crook, your host for this episode of On Tobal Now. I'm delighted to welcome you to what is a really timely discussion on thematic investing. So everywhere we look, whatever we read, whatever we watch, there's clear evidence that there are transformational trends shaping the world around us, whether these relate to changes to economies, to geopolitics, demographics, technology, climate, consumer behavior. There are lots of them. And inevitably, they're having an impact on how investors are looking to allocate their capital and prepare their portfolios for what is a a new look future ahead of us. But we want to explore the key drivers to consider and what role thematic investing will potentially play going forward. So to provide relevant insights along these lines and to answer your questions on what is a fast-changing topic, I'm really excited to welcome two speakers. First of all, our guest, Benina Faber, Professor and Alia Chair for Social Innovation at the IMD Business School. And to give us an on-the-ground perspective in Asia, Benny Gay, Head of Intermediary Clients in the region for Vontobel Asset Management. Thanks, both of you, for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Very nice to be back. Vanina, starting with you. You're an economist and a political scientist, and you specialize, as mentioned before, in social innovation, in corporate social responsibility, and sustainable finance. So from your perspective, what are some of the biggest structural shifts that you're seeing at the moment shaping the future of societies and economies? I will talk about basically three, if you want. There are others, but three main ones. And these structural changes have been with us for a while, you know, and COVID has only accelerated them. So in a bigger type of mentioning, I would say technological breakthroughs or changing technologies that we've seen, uh, also changing in sociodemographics. And I think you have mentioned that. And third, but I would not say that the last one on this, like the idea of preserving Earth and life in this planet. So even the previous two, I think we still, if we're talking about mega trends, when we're going to talk about thematic investment that has this idea of long term, we need to have this sustainability or ESG lens in all the trends. Now, and to be a bit more specific, because these are very large and I would say encompassing type of uh, structural changes, we are seeing a lot of things in changing technologies continuing around IoT, AI, cloud infrastructure, robotics, even thinking about what a post-platform economy or world would be. Digitalization, obviously, with COVID has pushed forward, but not only digital business, but digital consumer, gaming, e-commerce, streaming video, digital finance is becoming new And even tied to the S in ESG, to the social piece with financial inclusion models. So I think some of those sub-themes inside of the vectors of technologies in social demographics, you see much more pressing focus on rising wealth and income inequality, the rising middle class in emerging markets, a lot of focus on the future of work and mismatch between jobs and skills and especially how this pushes a rise in demand of specific skills and new type of skills and on sustainability topics and how to preserve life in this planet. Obviously, climate change and CO2 are at the forefront, but there is a new push, I would say, with a lot of focus on resource scarcity, biodiversity depletion, water, and more specifics in in industries 
rethinking value chain, agriculture, and I would say here in Europe, a lot about smart mobility, smart cities, smart food, you know, and mixing with the technological breakthroughs and sustainability, smart materials, smart energy. So I think you can see these sub-themes included into this sustainability lens as part of the structural shift that is getting to the forefront. Wow, quite a few uh, themes (laughs) and trends and changes to keep in mind. Benny, from your point of view, it'd be great to get a quick intro to the perspective you bring to this conversation, and then specifically your experience from speaking with intermediaries and investors in Asia on a daily basis and what trends are front of mind for many of them. Investors in Asia for the longest time have seen investing for return and philanthropy as very separate notions. Although the notion of investing to drive positive social change as well as financial returns is not novel in Asia, investors often take a more thematic approach. So while social issues relating to demographics, aging populations are popular, they trail behind themes such as robotics, 5G or AI. Furthermore, we are faced with an overabundance of uh, thematic strategies that sometimes blur the lines of positive impact that investors set out to achieve. Vanina, there are a lot of themes that you and Benny have just talked about that are influencing the world around us. But from an investor's perspective, what impact do they have and will they increasingly have, in your opinion, in the efforts of these investors to try and future-proof their portfolios? It really demands a very rigorous approach that combines research, very distinctive insights, and I would say a spot type of knowledge with this sustainability lens or with sustainability principles. No, so because at the end, you really want to uncover those companies that are best positioned to benefit from the trends that you mentioned. We've seen, for example, in technological breakthroughs, this is not that easy. No, sometimes we get fooled by new technologies and behaviors of the market. So really top-notch fundamental analysis of individual companies. So you need a very high degree of granularity. It's really the, I would say, the backbone. And in many cases, being able to precisely identify these companies that are more pure exposed to the team, I think that are expected to benefit from these trends or these themes is key to building future-proof, if you want, uh, portfolios. Well, I guess then, Vanina, I have a question for you. How would, how would you think that these efforts would impact allocations to various sectors, industries, and assets over the next three to five years? If we look at the returns right now, or we're very highly concentrated in certain sectors. What I see now is that especially with this sustainability lens, different sectors are appearing now as potential for gains because we need a variety of solutions that can scale up very quickly and can transform. So I think that as we were in the past extremely focused, now there is more diversity. And I think this is a very interesting challenge for specialists. Now, if you look at agriculture, for example, there are a lot of opportunities. If you look at manufacturing, we need the manufacturing sector is one that has to transform very quickly. If we're looking at clean energy, we are also seeing transformation. So I think there is a much more diversified opportunity from 
a sectorial point of view, and it also, I would say, a more driven regionally view to in the thematic investment portfolio that what we had in the past. Thanks, Vanina. Benny, actually, I understand Von Tobel has conducted some research in the last few months into specifically thematic investing trends in Europe as well as in Asia. In the last two years, Von Tobel has set out you know, to gain insights from investors in Asia, and that has really helped us to identify and understand the differences across regions. Well, it's no surprise that Asia has a, a more active approach and mindset when it comes to investments. In Asia, 57% of investors take uh, either an entirely active or mostly active approach. While on the other hand, you know, Europe uh, highlights a more balanced approach with only 29 pursuing an active style. In Asia, two clear themes are front of mind, climate change and ESG. Um, that includes obviously environmental, social and governance, investing on one hand, and also new technologies such as uh, AI, robotics or 5G. On the other hand, by contrast, the European research pinpointed resource scarcity as the most popular theme today. That's what Vanina mentioned earlier as well. There is also consistent support for new post-pandemic normal plus urbanization and smart cities, as well as climate change and ESG investing. In Asia, we are fast catching up with our European counterparts in the way COVID-19 has uh, accelerated the pace of trends and themes to which they already have investment exposure or are interested in acquiring exposure. Investors in Asia have also clearly voiced their need of uh, more external support. The growth in appetite for thematic strategies has raised awareness of the need for greater levels of expertise for third-party specialists. Our Asia study, for instance, suggests a strong interest in diversifying providers of thematic strategies where 46% of these investors intend to increase the number of external managers they use for thematic strategies over the next 12 months. I feel that a key focus for investors all over the world, certainly in Asia, is returns. So while there's obviously this desire to make an impact and this realisation of the need to make an impact, the sustainability will inevitably be a hot topic of conversation, but will still require an element of balancing this doing good with also returns. So, Vanina, from your point of view, and then maybe Benny, you can add to it, it does that exist? Have those promises of ESG-related returns materialised to the extent that you think they need to? There is enough research now showing that this is possible. Obviously, it's not a silver bullet as any other investment. Every time that I invite uh, somebody from a bank, there is a disclaimer at the bottom that what they're saying is not, you know, advice and they cannot guarantee returns, etc. So I think the same holds for ESG focused type of investment, but there is more and more research showing some pointers of what kind of things obviously help align impact and returns. And obviously first is a focus on materiality because sometimes it's very hard to choose or corporates hard to choose how they focus on what sustainability means or is for them. So making sure that they're aligned and that they're working on material issues is one of the initial, so that, that the companies that you're looking through your ESG lens have a filter on materiality. But there is also, I think a lot of research now on 
what we call before laggards. So these were companies that maybe were not the best in class or not the first one, but they're improving very fast, they're investing and are changing and they were going under the radar and growing and they're bringing very disruptive solutions. And also these really new when you get them at the right life cycle, because sometimes at the beginning there is a hype and then before they get then they fall a little bit and then they start growing. So there is a life cycle piece that you have to anticipate in thematic investing. So how do you look at different type of companies and how you understand in order to align returns and impact, I think is a is also an art and a skill and requires a lot of this deep proactive or active type of management to really spot it at the right time. Yeah, I think similarly, Andrew, really echoing what Vanina said. Investors in Asia always thought that, you know, doing good has nothing to do with doing well in investments. But I think increasingly, we are seeing that sustainable or ESG type investments are starting to do better than traditional investments. And that's really very close to what we've always been saying about the structural changes and regulatory changes that are driving uh, these, these themes. So definitely on the same page as what Vanina mentioned. Thank you. And let me add in on that point, I think, and it's something maybe Vinny just mentioned, is the regulatory changes. And I think that is part of the expectations that regulation will not get lighter, no, we will always speed up the transformation. And not only in Europe, but I think we've, we have seen with the green taxonomy and with different types of regulation lately, but this type of regulation in Asia also has been pushing for re- regulation is also part to take into account in the investment decisions. Thank you. Benny, from your point of view, there's been rapid growth in Asia in terms of fund flows to sustainable themes and ESG-related funds. What should investors be looking at in terms of the external managers that they're allocating assets to? Well, Andrew, Vanina mentioned it once, and I'm sure in our disclaimers later it will be mentioned as well. But, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with, with investments, we like to say past performance is not indicative of future returns. Exactly. Uh, I really think <laughs> I really think that the experience and track record of a manager is very important. So to us, you know, a manager should adopt a proactive approach. Again, what that was mentioned many times by Vanina to deliver change and achieve a positive impact alongside financial returns. So having a holistic view through the integration of financial impact and sustainability aspects will ensure that you know our investments can drive change with sustainable, profitable business models. And, you know, greenwashing is such a big topic these days, and that really comes along with the advent of sustainable and ESG investments. I think I would like to add, when you pick who you work with, is somebody that also wants to listen because a lot of clients right now want to invest their values. So they want the return, they want the track record and they need, and they will look at that, but what it will differentiate now is from all the good ones is really can this person listen to me understand because investments there is much more i would say consciousness now that our money drives the world that we're going to live in in the next 10 or 20 years and it's not for 2050 agenda it should be for 2030 you know we're already behind so i think this idea of co-creating the future and having a more active 
relationship with your clients are listening rather than only giving advice and you being the specialist. No, it is becoming a trait or a personality trait of the really good advisors. And this topic of greenwashing, it is very important. And I think we push corporates and investors many times to make these grandiose calls or say, okay, we're going to be decarbonize our portfolio or we're going to be carbon neutral or 1.5 type of portfolio world. No, So rather than looking at the transformation process. So what kind of claims we make, how transparent we are, how we explain the difficulties of doing these things it also matters. So I think from this part, is, it is an additional piece that I think good thematic investors need to do is thought leadership. You need to educate the markets. You need to make available the research you're doing and having a voice in the sector. You know? So, And I think it is important in any type of investment, but even much more specifically on thematic, you know, how you lead the sector and how you convey the true value proposition with the proper KPIs, measures, et cetera, but how you're transparent and how you communicate. To avoid greenwashing, we must consider and develop tangible impact indicators to systematically measure and quantify the positive impacts resulting from our investments. And I think we need to wrap up the session. But before we do, I'd be really grateful if each of you, maybe Vanina starting with you, could suggest a key action point that investors should take now if they're going to capitalise on some of these new and emerging themes that we've talked about? On my side is transparency, you know, is sound models and transparency. I think many times the investment sector was built a lot on secrecy and proprietary things, and that drove returns. But I do think more and more we're looking for a sector and we're looking for investors that are much more accountable and transparent, especially not on the side of the, your proprietary type of investment, but on the type of impact or the type of things that you're doing. So communication and transparency and accountability. For me, thematic investments are always going to be a big draw for investors. But I think ultimately our decisions um, should not detract from the financial impact and sustainability targets that we set up for ourselves. So. With this, we can certainly look forward to thematic investments taking on a larger role in future investment portfolios. And perhaps, you know, in, in, in future, thematics will become the core allocation within an, uh, an investment portfolio. Thanks, both of you. These have been some really thought-provoking comments. And now we can certainly watch the world with interest to see some of these themes and dynamics that you've talked about play out. To all of our listeners, I hope you found this as interesting as I did. Thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to bringing you new podcasts on other really timely topics very soon. This recording is for information purposes only, and nothing contained in this recording should constitute a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any investment instruments, to affect any transactions, or to conclude any legal act of any kind whatsoever, except as permitted under applicable copyright laws. None of this information may be reproduced, adapted, uploaded to a third party, linked to, framed, 
performed in public, distributed or transmitted in any form by any process without the specific written consent of Vontabel. To the maximum extent permitted by law, Vontabel will not be liable in any way for any loss or damage suffered by you through the use or access to this information, or Vontabel's failure to provide this information. Our liability for negligence, breach of contract, or contravention of any law as a result of our failure to provide this information, or any part of it, or for any problems with this information, which could not be lawfully excluded, is limited at our option and to the maximum extent permitted by law to resupply this information or any part of it to you, or to pay for the resupply of this information or any part of it to you. Keep in mind that past performance is not a reliable indicator of current or future performance, and forecasts are inherently limited and should not be relied upon as an indicator of future performance. Today's guest speaker is not an employee or representative of Von Tobel. The views expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and or policies of Von Tobel.